Welcome to Smodcast. I'm Kevin Smith. Uh, okay, this is Clerks 2, Episode 2, Part 1. It was a long episode, so uh, we're splitting it up. The guests for this episode of Clerks 2 is all female cast, with the exception of me. So, well, technically an all-female cast, even including me. December 4th, we recorded it at uh, Smodcastle, same night we did the Jay and Silent Bob Get Old uh, Christmas show. The guests were Betsy Broussard, Celia Broussard, um, who uh, plays uh, the dental school renter. Um, Kim Loughran, uh, who played Heather Jones, you know, um, with Rick Darris in that scene, and was my ex-girlfriend. I think this is the first time I've ever had her on a podcast. Um and then my mom, who was also, of course, in Clerks as the milkmaid. Um, and this day when we were up here doing it, um, uh, we also used Smodcastle as a set. And I shot mom for her uh, Clerks 3 cameo because she couldn't co- come up while we were uh, making the actual flick. So uh, it's a rollicking episode. And you're going to learn a lot about um old kev smith uh like i said broken up into two parts so part one will be this week part two will be next week um enjoy folks without further ado clerks two episode two part one Welcome to Smod Castle, kids. I'm Kevin Smith. Uh, Ernie, our castle keeper, probably told you everything you need to know uh, about our sponsors and whatnot. Thank you uh, for being here tonight for the very second episode of Clerks 2. Uh, we've been saying like for a week, we're going to Jersey to show Clerks 2, and they're like, you're just milking that fucking thing, aren't you? And I was like, it's not the movie, it's, it's the podcast. And they're like, what do you mean? So the idea of the podcast is I've spent most of my life since clerks happened, running around fucking yammering about clerks and a zillion other things clerks related. Um, and then periodically, like, you'll re-encounter people who were in the movie who, you know, I hadn't seen for a while. The whole thing was born the moment I was talking to Thomas, who plays the roofer in Clerks, Done and Ready Home Improvements, who also came back to Clerks 3 and plays the roofer in that movie as well. So he was here when we were about to open Smodcastle, and uh, he was just whipping off, like, oh my God, here are all my stories about ever since I was in Clerks. And I was like, it never occurred to me because like I'm so, you know, head up my ass fucking self-centered that other people had an experience as well and um, that it continues on in, in life. And so he was telling me that like, oh my God, I go here, boom, I go here, boom. And he had like Clerks patter and stories down. And I was like, that's, I, I, I want to fucking introduce you to the world. I want to, people to hear that story i want people to hear the stories of everybody who was involved in that magical uh, little moment particularly the older i get now of course that's naturally all i care about is like some uh, record of the past and those that were there uh, it, it's managed to live a long life you know i don't get to do this often but every time i get a chance to do it i do say this the clerks is in the library of congress um you know protected as as one of the nat films in the national film registry so <laughs> So this shit used to be very like, look at him sucking his own dick, man. Oh, he won't stop fucking talking about clerks. But now it's like a matter of fucking public record, man. Goddamn government records. Somebody got to follow up these stories. And also, as the guy who nearly dropped dead a few years ago, you know, if I had, like, good thing I didn't malcolmate a documentary called Clerk, my friend Malcolm Ingram, which some of us watched right here in Smodcastle and whatnot. And, you know, it, it got, I got to be there for somebody telling the story of my life. Um, I don't know if I get so lucky, you know, in the future and whatnot. So 
if somebody's going to tell the story of this picture, um, it's the guy who's been telling it forever. This was a, a, a dream, this movie, a fantasy. This was whimsy. This was born of uh, the, the only thing I've ever truly given birth to. Everything else that comes after this is kind of like a byproduct of what happens because of and, and to Clerks. But this is the only the closest I get to childbirth and, and a moment of creativity and the only like billion dollar moment in my life where it's like, ding, I got an idea. I work in a convenience store. What if I made a movie in a convenience store? And it all fucking worked out. So the idea of making sure that that story of how it happened, even the tiniest details uh, from people who were there uh, one day or the entire shoot is definitely worth uh, holding on to. So that was how we conceived uh, Clerks 2, and that's why hopefully uh, you all here tonight to hear that. If you were like, no, I came for the sequel to Clerks, what the fuck? I thought it was a live reading. No, we're not gonna do that. But um, instead, we're gonna meet some cats that actually uh, worked on the picture. Now, just before we uh, dive in, how many folks, uh, just by a show of hands, how many folks in the audience were were not alive when we made Clerks. Put your hands together. We made it in 1993. But I, I can't, you know, it's a podcast, so raising your hands is not going to help. Put your hands together, kids. Those are the kids who were not born when we made the movie. Fuck, I feel old. Um, now, let's hear from the people who, in the 90s, were in their 20s. Put your hands together. Now, let's hear from everybody else. Put your hands together. I guess my question is, who the fuck are you people? Like, the group I could not identify. Um, I always thought that this movie would appeal only to people who were born when I was born born where I was born. Like, I remember when the movie got picked up, uh, David Lindy, who was the uh, international sales agent of Miramax at the time, who went on to, like, run Universal years later. Um, we signed a deal that was handwritten uh, on yellow legal paper, and his nose bled on the deal because uh, we were at a great height. Um, wink, wink. And... Uh, <laughs> And he, uh, you know, Scott looked at me and Scott was just like, that's got to fucking mean something. And I was like, yeah, it's metal. So <laughs> David Lindy goes, um, he goes, oh, I'm going to sell the shit out of this overseas. And this is a notion that nobody had ever said to me in my life. Why would anyone ever put those words together, arrange those words in that particular fashion prior to that moment in time? Nobody ever came in a quick stop and bought fucking, you know, Gatorade and was like, I'm going to sell the shit out of this overseas. <laughs> So it was a weird notion where I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, I'm gonna sell it to foreign distributors. And I was like, they would pick up this movie? Like, they, everyone speaks English and, and they don't even do that, they speak Jersey. Like, how, how is this gonna translate? He's like, you have no idea. He's like, American culture is, is a, like an a, a appetizer for these, for these cats, um, a, a delicacy. Uh, this is like what they're looking for. So the more American it is, the more authentic the more it's gonna read. And he goes, look, your movie is nothing if not authentic. He's going, so I am gonna sell the shit out of it. And he did. It was a movie that like, I never thought would play outside of Monmouth County. And it wound up going overseas and stuff. I just talked to somebody who was of French descent recently. Oh, yesterday I did an interview. And the producer of the interview was uh, this woman, Tamara, and she was French. And uh, after, you know, you do a thing, everyone acts very professionally and shit. And then, Afterwards, everybody, you know, I'm like, hey, who wants to take pictures? And they're all like, oh, fuck, shucks. And so everyone becomes like a fanish and stuff. And she was like, um, your, you know, your movie, when we, I'm not going to do her fucking voice. Your movie, when, we, when I was growing up in France, one of the movies that made me think that I could be a filmmaker and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, there's a video store called Clerks. I was like, I heard that in Paris there was a video store called Clerks. It's fucking mind-bending considering all this shit just originated 100 steps away from here in the head of a kid who was just like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if I saw a movie that like for once looked like me and my friends and the world I was from? Like, you know, they're doing it. Richard Linklater's doing it. Hal Hartley's doing it. Other independent filmmakers are doing it. Why can't I do it? We did it and here we are today because of it. But y'all heard my story and you've all heard those stories many, many times. Let's get into the stories 
that you've never heard, man. Now, um, in the picture, uh, Clerks, when Randall uh, comes to rent, uh, when Randall comes to work on the very his very first scene, um, he has an encounter, um, a, a kind of battle of wits, if you will, um, with somebody coming to rent a, a copy of the movie Dental School. Um, dental school, trust me, as anything, you know, by the time we get to the third iteration of Clerks, there is a dental school joke in Clerks 3 as well. Um, the character who Randall first shares dialogue with in Clerks is not Dante. You know, that's, if, you, if there was ever a pub quiz, that would be the wrong answer. Like, well, of course he talks to Dante, not at all. First person that Randall talks to in Clerks is our first guest tonight. Uh, she played the dental school renter. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm going to get the name wrong, but she'll correct me. Uh, but I always knew her back then, and she's in our credits forever as Betsy Broussard. Betsy! Thank you. Uh, Bets uh, and I went to school together back in the day, particularly Henry Hudson. But, but before we even dive into that, Be uh, Betsy Broussard is how you are always in my head and heart. But what are you today? Betsy Curtis. Is that what it is? Yeah, Betsy unfortunately. Curtis. And <laughs> the story beyond that. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different fucking marriage breakdown <laughs> podcast, I different guess. Different Kevin, different Kevin. Different Kevin altogether. <laughs> the, um, but you also had like a fancy name. Oh, Celia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did anybody ever call you that? Uh, yeah, when I moved one year in, in high school, I moved to Shore Regional Area, and I said, let me just try Celia, my given name that I've never been called. All right. So I tried it out. It didn't work out too well. And people then by the time I said, wait, just call me Betsy, they're like, she's fucked up. She's weird. <laughs> the <laughs> she's new got girl. A, a secret identity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how, they didn't buy you as a Celia. No, no. The fuck's that all about? I don't know. So judgy. Um, why'd you go to Shore in the first place? Shore Regional, for those who are like, what, is another high school that wasn't Henry Hudson. It's not too far away, but far enough away that it was fucked up. What, a divorce? Well, my mom uh, got married, and, uh, you know, we moved out of Atlantic Highlands and moved to West Long Branch. And I remember it was sad for all of us because we all loved Betsy, but it was also exciting because Betsy moved to a place right around the corner. It was an ice cream store, Scoops. Yes, Scoops. And we went there, and there was a girl that Claire... Yes, Claire. Yes. yes. Things got even more exciting. Um, <laughs> in any event, so Betsy, uh, full disclosure, um, I, I uh, meet Betsy, um, uh, me and Mike Bellicose um, uh, and uh, Ernie o O'Donnell as well, um, start going to school with Betsy and Henry Hudson in 1984, like, like the fall of 84 and stuff. Prior to that, me and Ernie and Bellicose are in Our Lady Perpetual Help. You were already at Hudson. Uh, yes, but we did go see you in Sir Thomas More, or you were that character. Yeah, I played Cromwell. That's when I first laid eyes on you. you are know? you serious? Before you even came to Henry Hudson, yeah. What? Uh, tell that fucking and story. Then I said, oh, I know he's coming up. Here he comes. Oh, you were fucking shopping before Ready. the new kids got <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, um, you and Belly, we were like, woo, these Highlands boys. Here we go. <laughs> Um, the, we went to uh, OLPH, which was in Highlands, and you guys went to, what, the public school first? Elementary school. Elementary here, and then up to Henry Hudson, Hudson mm -hmm. which had a, a junior high and high school attached to it. So it was 7th and 8th, and then you went 9th through 12th. So we were going to be joining them in 9th grade. They had already been there for like two years and stuff. Why would you go see the Thomas More play? I don't know. I don't re Maybe it was a Michael Bellicose thing. Who liked Belly? Oh, all of us. <laughs> is, is that right? It sure. Was, Debbie LePay, me, you know, Janet, we all, you know, every, it's like, it was, you were like the Highlands Brack Pack, you know, we, we needed to get with you guys. <laughs> I, I think it was just like we were, we did. Un, un, well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> no, I, don't mean, I don't mean like that. Um, it, I think it was because probably we were unsullied like virgin boys coming straight out of like OLPH. So there was mm -hmm. nothing remotely scandalous about us and belly you know women just love belly then and now what is it about michael bellicose tell me uh it's it's charm it's real charm mm. all the time generosity really great just as hard as huge as this room he's got such a huge soul and a mm -hmm. dick to match the uh i don't know about that yeah you never found out no no fucking mm. so you law you were of the computers you no, You're like, I mean, I'll settle for fucking Smith. <laughs> no, I did not. Because <laughs> that's eventually what happened. My very first girlfriend ever 
was Betsy Broussard, who I literally asked out by putting a handkerchief down on the ground on the bridge <laughs> in Atlantic Highlands and fucking like asking her out like, a, like, like you would do in a movie and shit. It was so dramatic. Yes. And, so dramatic. And, and the, we dated for a full week, mm -hmm. never kissed, and then she broke up with me. <laughs> it was very dramatic all the way through, except for the middle. Uh, we would reconnect later on in life, but that was in like 1980. Yeah, that was at seventh, eighth grade. So then we went to school together at Hudson until mm -hmm. Betts went to Shore Regional. Mm -hmm. And then did you come back to Hudson by the end or no? You graduated no. from Shore. No. Yeah. So then when did we start hanging out again? Um, Summer of like 89 or something like no, that? No, I mean, you, you would come to Scoops and, and yeah, totally. get ice cream and Claire and, I mean, not get Claire, but... <laughs> And you guys but would come yes. out, drive out all the way out to West Lawn Branch, you know. It was so fucking far. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, you know, we would come here and hang out with you. Did you move did. back to Atlantic or no? No, no, I wanted to. So when we, so like there's a summer, I think it's like the summer of 90 when you and I hook up and where, where are you living at that point? Uh, probably William Patterson and then coming home and you were sleeping going to, at my sister's. You were sister. going to school. I was staying at my sister's every summer. So one of my sisters would take me in um that was that was like a, a year or two before we wind up making clerks yes because i'm trying to think like how on earth i'm like oh i know who should be in this movie betsy <laughs> but you were on my mind because we've just been in, entangled as the will smith family likes to say <laughs> Um, do you remember that summer? Do you remember like going up to the fucking field at yes. Henry Hudson? And yes, just I do. Yes. I remember getting a birthday present from you. It was a pair of black shorts and a red uh, top. And you, I remember you went to the mall and you were so excited. You had a box. It was all wrapped. You were, it was really a... It was really a nice thing, and thank you for that. I, I never got, really got to thank you for that. <laughs> but I do remember Well, it, if you like had, we yesterday. might have stayed together, Beth. Yeah, it was at Dina's house. Remember Dina? Yeah, Dina, Dina Cassette. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we would hang out there and, you know, hammer time, all that stuff. And I gave you, like, I'm like, here's a short set. Yeah, you were like, it was right. It was <laughs> I, was, like, I was just hanging out at the Deb, and I picked yeah, this exactly. up for you. It was from the Deb. <laughs> it was. It was black rayon shorts and a red, fluffy, ruffly. <laughs> were you like, motherfucker, you can't dress yourself. Black and red. You're going to buy like, clothes oh, for me? Oh, black and red. Um, <laughs> the, uh, all right, so let's go to the movie. How, how do you wind up in the movie? Um, <laughs> well... I remember you, uh, you know, coming back and not knowing what you're doing with your life. I'm like, do you yeah. remember me leaving? Did I write to you from you, film school? Yes. Too? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you leaving. And then when you came back, we were like, oh, what's he going to do with his life? And he says, I'm writing <laughs> a movie. I swear to God, Kevin. I was like, you were worried about whole, me? No. I was like, well, when you're like, I'm writing a movie, it's going to be great. And I was like. I'll be in your stupid movie. Like, I'm kicking myself all these years for saying that, but I, that's exactly I don't what I did. I mean, if it's anything, you don't I have to kick yourself. I didn't say stupid, but I was like, oh, all right. If, I didn't like, even know like you what were doing was me about. a favor. I was like, but oh. you, But you literally <laughs> were so doing me a favor. I'm sorry that I just said that. No, too. not at all. You um, literally were doing me a favor. It's not like I had many I, options and no, shit. So and, and it was an inconvenience for like a lot of people. My mother would be the first to be like, oh, he woke me up at three in the morning and shit. No, well, no, I mean, so then there were auditions and I'm like, oh, there's auditions? I thought we were, he was just going to like film us in the, <laughs> I had no idea it was like the real deal. Oh my deal. God, so I'm like, please be in my movie and you're like, fuck, all right. I'm uh, like, now yeah, you got to audition, know, bitch. No, right? And then I was like, shit, this is a little real. I don't know. <laughs> so I remember auditioning and, you know, very nervous, like right now. And, We've seen um, the audition. Hmm? The, the, the yes, I've on seen DVD. it on the, yeah, uh, yeah. the 10th anniversary, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, then, you know, when you said, okay, show up on, you know, it was uh, Easter Sunday that I came to film. Are you shitting me? No. And I That's was new. really hungover, and I didn't know my lines because I didn't really think it was going to be anything. <laughs> wait, wait. So Why are you hungover on Easter because it was, we were 23 or one or whatever. And so like, it's fucking Easter. No, ah! you're, no, you're home, you know. It's it's the uh, holiday, you know, go to the bootlegger type Is that thing. what kids do? Like, Jesus died for us. Ah! <laughs> Good Friday, greatest <laughs> no, Friday. it's just a holiday. It's just like... <laughs> 
And so we sh- <laughs> no. we shot on an Easter Sunday. You as- did. It was early too, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> On one hand, you're like, I'm so sorry I bitched. And even now, you're like, fucking early it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I ever would have remembered that, that we were shooting on Easter. Yeah, yeah. What a sacrilege, but not for the kid who'd make dogma later on. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right, so what do you remember other than uh, you got there and you were a little hungover? Yep, yep. And, and you'd you know, had the lines well in advance? Like no, I'd given you the pages? Or I don't no? remember if I really looked at them or... Well, you had them, Plan- is what I'm I, telling you. It was you. kind of like out of context what I was saying, so I didn't know, of course, what the whole thing was about. Right, right, right. You know. Did you ever read the whole script? No. When you were like, oh, I'm acting with fucking Jeff Anderson? Like, this was a guy you went to high school <laughs> oh with. Oh, my God. I, 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 he's standing next to me in my sixth grade class picture at Atlantic Highlands Elementary. That's right. It would be Anderson A, Broussard B. Oh, my God. So, that's adorable. Yeah. So, yeah, we went to the- Are you shitting me? No. I have that. I, it's up, and actually he, in my classroom And then he's standing right next to you in that movie forever. Oh, my God. If you two could we just get fucking in. buried next to each other- <laughs> The circle would be complete. Well, oh my God. Well, fast forward. We used to go to the Poconos and Jeff would, you know, children of the corn and we'd make all these videos. You up say in the that like we know what that means. You know, he does that. No, when I he don't. He does his little thing. I don't. I don't know that, Jeff. You children do part of the corn. He used to do this thing in the, in the cameras. We used to be videotaping up in Poconos and drinking our faces off. And he would go children of the corn. Yeah. Well, you'd zoom in on him. Like you'd go like around and he'd. And he'd just be sitting in a in a, you know, recliner, you know, your rental, right, right, right. cheap, cheap, cheap rental, because we didn't care. Right. And I think Ernie might remember this, right? He, Children of the corn. Time, what? It was a great time. It was, wasn't it, Ernie? <laughs> Jeff was drunk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he really was. He really was. And it, that's where all of his idiosyncrasies that he has. I've seen Is in the right? Poconos so on those you, trips. When you see like Randall. Ernie used the, to rent the houses. That's what it was. He's the responsible mm-hmm. one. He was responsible. Ernie always kept it sober, man, because he mm-hmm. was a smart one. Mm-hmm. But wait, when you see Randall in the movie, you're like, oh, that's Jeff. I've seen Jeff do that, be that. It's bizarre to me, the whole thing. Explain. Watching, like, you know, I remember going to the sixth grade trip with Jeff Anderson. Like on the bus, the whole four-hour trip there. Whatever. My, all, right. all kinds of good little things that... Still blow my mind to this day. Um, all right, what do you remember about shooting that day with Jeff? Uh, uh, not much. I feel do you like remember I remember being like, uh, and I don't want to put a memory in your head, but were you? This is not a guy who'd ever really acted. You didn't know him as an actor. You knew not him at as all. Kind of class clown at best. Yeah, we were kind of in the same boat. I wasn't an actor either, right. so you know, it's like, all right, let's just do this thing, this stupid movie. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Let's do the stupid movie. <laughs> He's like, you're fucking lucky. You get to leave after today. I'm on this stupid movie for 20 more days. Um, all right. So you shoot it. You leave on Easter Sunday. And mm-hmm. we were done, right? Just yeah. done in one. Yeah. And then the premiere came. And then. <laughs> the life jumps pretty quickly. Yeah. right? To the yeah. Movie. I was like, I didn't know here. You know, I don't remember hearing much or, you know, of all that other stuff that I've learned since. But right, right, right. back then, I don't, you know, I wasn't it. I didn't know. What you weren't. I mean, yeah, why would, not everyone was. And why was would like, you know oh, about indie a premiere film? for the movie that Kevin made? <laughs> the oh one my I'm god! In? <laughs> and I'm not cut. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> Where was the premiere? New York. So you went up to that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, was was it? What was it like seeing <laughs> the movie for the first time? Seeing yourself on screen? Seeing it with a room full of people? I I, I can't describe that. I can't describe that. It's, it's kind of how it's I feel sitting here right, show, right now. Bitch. I'm sorry. I just That's how I feel right now. I just like, I can't even believe I'm sitting next to you. I'm Why? Like, what I do you mean? I don't know. I just, I'm really starstruck. We've done a lot more than sit next to each other. <laughs> I know, but it's been 50 years, you know? Well, we didn't, yeah, I'm 51. I don't <laughs> know what too. you're fucking talking about. <laughs> um, what? Uh, w- uh, all right, let's do this. Ever since that time, okay. you know, so Clerks comes out in like 1994, comes to, when it comes out, it only goes into uh, like 50 movie theaters tops cross country. Well, yes. I remember it winning the festivals in, in France and. Cannes and, and mm-hmm, Sundance mm-hmm. and stuff. Yes. So then it comes out at, in exciting. the art house circuit, but then it, I doubt you would have heard much about it when it came out in the art house circuit. It was probably when it came out on home video that mm-hmm. it would have had repercussions in your life. 
did it? Like, were you ever recognized because of clerks across the yeah. spectrum of your life? No, but I, I would kind of fish for it sometimes. <laughs> so, like, you know, taxi driver, Florida. Do you ever see clerks? And they'd be like, yeah. And they're like, I might say, well, do you know the dental school? And they're like, what? And then can I get, you know, picture with you? It, 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 that was really exciting. But, like, three times. Until... <laughs> That was it for 20 years, like three times, maybe. And I had to fish, but it was okay. Totally, People totally. would be like, no way. Let me call my friend and tell him in Maryland that you're, I'm standing next to the whatever. <laughs> and it was great. It was, you know, like ooh, five minutes of fame. <laughs> um, you became a teacher. Yes. Does it ever come up in the world yes. of teaching? Yes, you'd be surprised. So <laughs> I'll just start from just recently. I teach fifth grade and... Um, I told my parents on back to school night that I'm in Clerks 3, and it was like a big part of my summer, and here I that am. Was your I intro? showed them my, me standing next to the wall and you, and, right. and you know, they're kind of like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did it. They weren't going but for the it? They weren't day, impressed? They do were... you know what happened the next day? No. One of the uh, parents went home and talked to their kid about it, and the kid walks in, and, and they go, hey, Miss Curtis, um, do you ever get that 20 bucks? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> now they're 10. They're 10 years old. Like, I have to be very careful. Is somebody paying attention. Um, the, um, the, what, what, the, when you came back, uh, Betts came back for, for Clerks 3. And, you know, uh, as mentioned many times previously, because in the movie, the conceit is Dante and Randall make a movie about working in the convenience store that is also in black and white that they call Inconvenience. It allows us the comedic, uh, you know, uh, uh, trope of reshooting key elements from the movie, like exactly as as they were framed composite uh, composition wise, um, and and getting the cheap thrill out of it that way, and then building the joke on top of that. So Betts comes back in the same position, <laughs> crouched. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we were, you know, we we composed it by like pulling up Clerks on HBO Max and pausing that scene, putting it right next to the monitor, and then like adjusting the frame accordingly. Moved Bets in, moved Jeff in, did the timing of him unlocking and then opening the door, all of that shit. And were it not for the fact that her hair color is the exact opposite of what it was in Clerks, you would not know the difference. It like literally looks. The, the same. same, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except you're like, what, what, what the? Did she see three ghosts in a night or something like that? <laughs> I and mean, I remember like talking to Bess beforehand. Uh, like uh, Bell's had, uh, she wound up in Clerks Three like by accident. It wasn't like as I was writing it, I was like, I must fucking bring her back. But um, <laughs> Bell's, the, the aforementioned Bell, yeah, especially the way she treated me. She's like, I did you a fucking favor, loser. <laughs> Um, so Bell sent me a picture of them at a bar and Betsy was appropriately like Wah! and having a good time and, and she was like hey and so I was like oh my god Bets is like an alma mater as well alumnus like she's in the fucking flick I will get like absolute mileage out of having you whereas the first time you were like doing me a solid and I got <laughs> mileage out of you as a performer and somebody had to fill that role and you did a great job and stuff like that now I'll get mileage out of you as that performer so that when we throw that shot up and it happens, no one else gets the reaction unless it's the same fucker who stood there nearly 30 years ago. <laughs> at that point, like you literally could have been like, well, then I want fucking 100K. I don't get out of bed for less than 200K. <laughs> I know you didn't realize what you had right there. So I was like, oh my God, this is a golden opportunity. So I was like, hey man, you want to come be in the movie? And before I could hit send, 40 response texts of like, yes, came back. <laughs> um, and she came to the set so fucking excited. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and knocked it out in what, maybe two takes or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, when you were all done shooting it the second time, years later, Clerks 3, mm. what was, the, as an adult, the first time we know you were hungover and just happy to get off set on Easter, wanted to go fuck some dude in an Easter basket or something like that, bust some chocolates. Um, 
But this time you leave the set and you're in a whole different place in life. What did you do? What, what did you? Who did you go and share it with? Oh well, like you didn't go share clerks with anybody. You were probably like they were like, "Hey, what'd you do today?" And you're like, "Fucking nothing." <laughs> Let's get drunk, Captain Morgan. <laughs> who did you share? Well, this, this with? is this is funny because I I couldn't I couldn't reap the benefits of being on the set. Um, because I had to be on a boat that was leaving Belmar for a sunset cruise with my sister and boyfriend and their all family. And so I like bolted. It was leaving at like 7, and I left here at like 6.15, and it was in Belmar, and it was summer. And, and you made the boat. I made it. made it. And then I was gushing, just gushing, gushing, gushing. You were like, oh, my God, they literally waited on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, look, I had a makeup person and a, and a, and a you know, Trailer and it, like whoa, whoa, big day. They're like Betsy, you big drinking. day. You were drinking life. before the sunlight, sundown <laughs> cruise, man. I don't really drink that much. What is that? Um, what is <laughs> <laughs> what is that? The sun, sun, what sunset cruise? Yeah, what's yeah. that all about? It's it was like a it's like a fishing boat, and the, at night they put some chairs up top, and they go out in the Belmar Marina. It's beautiful. Sounds old timey. It is. It is. <laughs> What's um, happening? <laughs> the um, when uh, when the clerk's uh, three picture comes out, mm -hmm. and the, you're in, in charge of the uh, young minds, ten year olds. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna uh, tell them? Oh, they know, but they they know they can't watch it. I mean, they know they can, you know until it hits like Netflix. It's hard to tell your students like, uh, you, yes, I'm in a movie, but you can't watch it. It's really inappropriate. So they're probably like. <laughs> You know, looking it up. I, I, at the first one, I'm with you. Like, fucking, that would be the one. Like, if I was your student, and then I was like, wait, she was in a movie, and I saw what you, what movie you were in, and what you did, and mm -hmm. what people said in that movie, I would not respect you for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'd be like, you can't tell me shit. Well, there's been a lot of kid fans over the years. Is that right? Definitely. I think I of actually I wrote to you once because I had a student who's you know a troubled kid, but he wore a clerk's t-shirt to school one day, and I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me! Now he's my favorite, and let me see what I can get you from Kevin. I think I wrote you, and you sent me you sent me shit happens your book, I think. <laughs> tough and shit. I'm like, tough shit. Whatever it was. Sorry. Give this to a child yes, of nine. I was like, and it was all <laughs> like he, he you wrote a really nice note about me. It's in my desk still because I couldn't give it to the kid. <laughs> Maybe I'll sell it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That kid lost his battle with life years later. If only he'd had that book to look at right? and read. Maybe he wants it now. I know. He's like, look, I can handle tough shit at this up. point. He's That's like, why'd you fucking think for me, Curtis? <laughs> um, when all is said and done, you've lived a life of uh, great adventure. You're a mom. You're a shaper of young minds and whatnot. Uh, uh, a, a great lover and a legendary drinker. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. It's drink. not true. It's only because you said earlier. You're like, I oh, we're in my 20s. We drank, <laughs> uh, and I remembered you fucking did. But that was back then. Um, as somebody who's lived in a, an entire adventure of a life, uh, where uh, does that uh, first little black and white moment fit into things? Does it wind up on your tombstone at all? Hmm. P.S. was also in Clerks. No, I'm just gonna put dental school on my. That's what it is. Fucking nice. That's my. That's my little. Can I have that? Yeah. Trademark. I want to get a T-shirt like in the Clerks lettering that just says Dental School. Can I have that? Well, we did. We had to make a, a copy of Dental School. I'll give you the design so you can have it on the T-shirt, mm, and so that people will be like, "Oh shit!" Just don't make them and brand them and sell them. <laughs> All right. Because you got access to like an audience. You could sell them to your kids. You could make your kids fucking buy them. Like at the end of the, in fact, we should talk after this okay. because <laughs> there's a way to make money here. Everyone give it up for Betsy Broussard. me kevin smith have you thought about joining that kevin smith club oh what a wonderful place it is man that's where we archive all the old podcasts i've ever recorded since oh, 2007 i've been doing this early um we got video i do a, a morning show called wake and bake um we got exclusive podcasts like plus one and so come on what are you waiting for come join us at that kevin smith club uh, that Kevin Smith Club members get cool stuff and and just recently uh, some of them got to see Clerks 3 like way early um, well because we hold screening so join us over at thatkevinsmithclub.com man thatkevinsmithclub.com you can be a clerk 
You could be a mall rat. You could be a fun employee. You could be a yoga hoser. Um, or you could be anything you want to be in this life. But in that Kevin Smith Club, there are just those four categories. But come join us at that Kevin Smith Club. This year, 2022, we launch a new initiative, man, where like you get props. Actual props from the movies, costumes, pieces from the movies, uh, membership levels get. So come join us. Now's the time to get in on this nonsense, man. That Kevin Smith Club. Join me at thatkevinsmithclub.com. Easter Sunday, man. Never would have fucking remembered that. Um, okay, but that's what the show's like, kids. Uh, we sit here and we kind of take a trip down memory lane and figure out uh, how we got to where we are in the present. And uh, the, our next guest is somebody I've been doing that with since even before I had a career. I've never been uh, more sentimental or nostalgic with another human being in my life uh, than our next guest. Um, I've spent most of my life uh, looking backwards uh, and, and uh, at fonder times for some reason. Not in that fucking MAGA way, but just kind of like, oh, a time of innocence and whatnot. Um, and that time of innocence that uh, I look at in, in the movies and whatnot it tends to be a five-year period of my life uh, in, in, into which he figures very, very prominently. In the motion picture Clerks, um, she plays uh, uh, who eventually would be uh, Joey Adams' sister. Joey Adams and Chasing Amy played uh, a character named Alyssa Jones. Uh, the very first Jones sister... Uh, well, the second one was Trisha Jones in Mallrats. The very first one uh, was Heather Jones. And Heather Jones was played by tonight's second guest. Give it up for Kim Lochran, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I did it to you as well, and as much as I name you your fucking dead name, like your high school name that like forever lives in my head and heart, what is, don't forget your microphone. Tell them what your real name is, because you got one of those. So my real name is Kim Garby right. now. But, <laughs> but for, I go by Locker, and it's fine. Do you really? I will for you, Kevin. But nowhere like, like if somebody in, in like said, hey, Kim Locker, and you'd be like, that's fucked up. No, I would never say that's fucked up. That's who I am. But I'm would, also Kim Garby. But it would be a voice <laughs> from the past, like, oh, that must be somebody who knew me before. Most likely. Or somebody who knows me through clerks. Is that is that right? That happens sometimes. There are people that just know. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, now, Kim and I have known each other forever, and Kim and I dated forever, um, on and off from five twenty five eighty six to what we assumed would be forever, but then wound up being about twelve years. Um, the uh, jewelry that Kim is sporting tonight is all fucking jewelry that a young Kevin Smith purchased with busboy. <laughs> And convenience store money right there, ladies and gentlemen. The cheapest but finest jewelry one could buy at the Monmouth Mall. It's the famous K-ring. Yes, that's right, man. It's a monogram K-ring. Um, now, you, you know, everyone else I could talk to about that moment in Clerks, but you have the vantage point of uh, the portrait of the artist, uh, or the fartist, if you will, uh, as a young man. Um, you watched me discover the power of writing and entertaining and combining the two and being in front of people. Um, and it was kind of like what drew us together in the first place. How do we meet? How did we meet? So it was you being on stage. I don't know that... Uh, so was the first time I saw you or that you saw me or we actually met? Oh, let's do all of them. Okay. It's embarrassing for me anyway. Uh, you so were fucking cucking me out or something? No. I know for a fact that the first time you saw me, I was dressed as Boy George. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. There was a high school dance up at Henry Hudson, and uh, it was uh, seventh and eighth grade dance, and Kim was seventh grade. And Betsy, I was there at the dance as a guest of Betsy and Debbie and, and Janet. So they were in the eighth grade portion. They were about to be in ninth grade where me and Bellicose would be joining them like a few months later. So we, were, we went to the dance like as their guests and, and actually fucking danced. It was crazy. But at one point, like this very look at me, look at me uh, girl dressed completely like Boy George and comp with the brimmed hat 
and the numbered shirt and the braids and everything. I'll tumble for you, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> Came twirling into the room, man, and like it like just kind of took things over. And I remember the girls I was with, they were like, oh, that's Kim Lochran. That was the first time. Yeah, sometimes I, saw I do hear people say, oh, Kim Lochran. <laughs> oh my God, I hear that about me all the time. But that's right. That is the first time I see you is you dress like Boar George. Right. And how weird that I'm like, I want to date her. It says well, a lot about well, me. Well, you, you didn't know that then. <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't. I was just based on what the girl said. I'll stay away from her. Right. That didn't pan out. When but I saw remember? you in Damn, in Damn Yankees. You were, uh, you I and Belly. Yep. Yeah, Rocky. I played Rocky and Belkos played Smokey. And so what, you were in the you audience? You thought about the game. I did. I sang the song <laughs> The Game. What, uh, what did you, at that point? Yeah, I was just in the audience. I just saw you on stage. And you were like, oh, he can act or he can't act? No, I just really enjoyed the show. And I, I think actually it was uh, during um, kind of like getting ready for Memorial Day for the parade. Mm. And the combination of that and the very first talent show that was ever at Henry Hudson, because it was really with you with the Scamads that I really started to meet and know you because of, again, belly with my cousin. That's right. Michael Bellicose, <laughs> who I was very close with, um, and me and Bells and Ernie were in a comedy group we called the Scamads, which is very strange considering years later, Smodcast. Um, very, very close, though. So uh, as, as was the, you know, you heard earlier, Bellicose is just fucking Charm City. So Kim's cousin, like, had a entanglement with with Michael Bellicose that led me to hang out with Kim and her cousin. Like Kim and her cousin lived in the same house. They had a multi-family house and stuff. So Bells was going over there to see Christine and you know make out with Christine. And it's not like I was gonna sit there and fucking watch and shit. <laughs> um, although I would have liked to, because like they all say, he's charming as fuck. He is very charming. But, uh, but you know, I would just be hanging out with Kim. And so we, they had a pool, they, an in-ground pool in the backyard. So that was a novelty, and so I was like, you wanna go swimming? So we would go swimming and hang out. But I always, like, not dismissed her, but I was like, well, that's Christine's little cousin. She's so much younger than me. You're about, how old? Four months. Yeah, she's four, <laughs> four months, months younger. younger. Me. But I meant she's so much smaller, because she was always so tiny. So we hung out, that's where we first started hanging out. And then uh, at one point, uh, as is the way, um, somebody pulls you aside and they're like, hey man, Kim likes you. And uh, her cousin pulled her aside and was like, hey man, Kevin likes you. And then we wound up going upstairs in her, God, this is so fucking painful. <laughs> uh, going upstairs in her uh, family, her two family home and uh, like kissing for the first time. Yes. Yes. But we didn't start dating at that point. We went together uh, as they called it in those days. Um, uh, but it was scandalous because Kim was in a relationship with a much fucking... Kevin more, was the other man. I was. <laughs> Me of all people. And the dude who was the man was gorgeous. I would have fucked him. Like, he was a, a good-looking, like, football kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, because she was a cheerleader and shit. But, like, obviously you could tell she wanted the strange. And so... <laughs> And I was the side piece for a while, man. I was the booty call. And, uh, and then eventually she got moral oral about it and was like, I can't keep cheating on James and stuff. And so, you know, it just stopped. And Bellico stopped, you know, right. going with Christine. So we weren't crossing paths until bittersweetly, this is the summer that uh, Weird Science comes out. And me and Bellicose go see Weird Science at Atlantic Highlands Twin Cinema, which at that point is a second run house so it wasn't even like the first week of, of weird science i'd already seen it like the week before so we were going to watch it again when it moved to atlantic and as we were coming out of the movie um, kim and her boyfriend james who she'd been cheating on with the whole summer were coming in and we had to pretend like hey hey how are you and it was like a fucking 70s song <laughs> like where they just couldn't talk to each other and shit like that and i remember like she went inside with james and she looked very happy and Bellicose, Bellicose couldn't have said the worst thing. He was just like, that guy's in good shape. And I was like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> so that was the summer of, uh, what, 85. And then in the beginning of the summer of 86 is when Kim and I start dating. After almost a full year of me being the videographer 
on the uh, basketball team, the, the varsity basketball team. So I'd go everywhere that they played games and shoot their games so that they could dissect their play afterwards and stuff. It's how I got a varsity letter in sports, even though I never played one. So Kim was a cheerleader, and since the school was small, we all went on the same bus. So the boys' basketball team and the cheerleaders all on the same bus, and I'm with the boys' basketball team. So Kim's on the bus, and I get to hang out with Kim a little bit, but Kim is now rubbing elbows with sports people again and whatnot, other people on the bus who play athletics and shit like that. So I'm still odd man out, but still kind of like, oh, there's that girl who treated me like a side pussy and shit. So... <laughs> So we get re-familiar over that time while uh, the, the, all the games are going on and stuff. But she also had a boyfriend, and I believe I had a girlfriend on and off girlfriend. But then in May of 86, uh, May 25th, 1986, well, let's take it back one day, May 24th, 1986, probably, um, Kim is working at a restaurant in uh, Atlantic Highlands called China Taste. Guess what they sell? And uh, <laughs> I call up, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to place an order. And she goes, okay. And I was like, uh, give me some General So's chicken. Give me some rice. And I went on and proceeded to order for about a minute. But like weird things like three and a half egg rolls. You know? I'd like a quart and two thirds of uh, fried rice. Real like, difficult okay. shit. And, like, uh, and then it was like uh, a dozen almond, almond cookies. Yeah, I think it was like a dozen, half a dozen almond cookies. And your hand in marriage, I believe. Yeah, it was. Kevin never asked me out. Yeah. He asked me to marry him right away because he just went right for it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "That's the best way to sex, marriage." We were Catholic. Uh, yes. Um, and then she was like, "Who is this?" And I was like, "Kevin Smith." And uh, she hung up. No, she was like, uh, <laughs> "I'm oh working." My, what are you doing? I was like, "Ah, well, let's talk after." And then we started talking after, and I invited Kim to go see. A movie uh, where you know we'd get dropped off by my parents because I didn't drive yet and Kim didn't drive. We went to the movies at Middletown, which is now a Target, and uh, the movie we went to see was um, Poltergeist Two. Yes, God is in His holy temple. Yes, the guy, the creepy dude who I'd later kind of borrow for Red State uh, for Aben Cooper to some degree. Um, we went to see that, and we were. It was a date, but we weren't dating. So we watched the movie, and, and we literally watched the movie. And then afterwards, we're waiting in the furniture store parking lot, which was right next door to get picked up, waiting for my mom. Because you know you could tell mom, the movie ends at 3, you got to be there at 3. And she's like, okay, but that's mom's like, 3 o'clock, I should leave the house. And so <laughs> then you're sitting in the parking lot for a long time. And this is before kids would wind up on milk cartons. So you could leave a child <laughs> yeah, in a parking lot. fine. And it didn't really matter. It's a furniture store. We were taking care of each other. So as we were standing there in the parking lot, me and Cochran, uh, eventually I was just like, uh, will you go out with me? And we started dating. And so my mom and my dad picked us up. Yes. And we had to sit the in the duck back mobile. of the car. In the duckmobile. A car that had a fucking Canadian goose mounted as a hood ornament and shit. So crazy. We were, we're not Canadian. But um, <laughs> we drove back the entire time. Like, uh, didn't want to, like, hold hands because I didn't want to alert my parents. I didn't want to have to answer to this after Kim got out of the car because I knew my mom would be like, well, you didn't ask us, as if that sort of thing was like, <laughs> like, normal or something like that. But that began a very long relationship that was not just, uh, you know, uh, us learning how to be in relationships and learning how to love another human being and stuff. Lessons that would pay off for the rest of our lives with other people. Um, Kim was my first audience member. Like the first person that was just like, you're funny, you should do that. Like the first person that encouraged me. The first person that was just like, you should do that professionally. Why wouldn't you try to do that for real, you should do the things one needs to do to do that. Go to college, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not just like, oh, that was so funny and moving on. Uh, the first person to be like, you should harness that without using that exact terminology. Would you say that's correct? Uh, yeah, although I think the joke was on me because you really didn't have to go to college. That's true. Kim was, uh, the wonderful thing about Kim is she always did everything correctly, the way you're supposed to do things. And so she went to college and whatnot. And uh, like I didn't, I dropped out of college like so many fucking times and stuff. And uh, it was only in dropping out of college that I eventually like got to wind up making the flick. But you were, we had an on again, off again relationship for a long, long time. 
that would you know we'd be together we wouldn't be together we'd be together we wouldn't be together longer together than not together but this was at a period when i find filmmaking we are together in the beginning of the summer kim is going to carnegie mellon at this point um we've been broken up like uh for a while we broke up like in high school for good but then when she went to college we would start kind of dating again and stuff but then we'd break up again but then we'd hook up again so this was you coming back in the summer of 91 what year would that be for you junior year um probably yeah um and me um not having left anywhere yet i was just working i think i was still working yet at quick stop at that at that point i was definitely working at quick stop so uh you came home and we were like uh, we, you know we wound up going together and then it was like hey let's not call it something like let's not be boyfriend and girlfriend let's just let's just like let it be casual and stuff and so it was the casual summer with with kim and then at a certain point casual felt bad for me because i wanted to marry kim from the moment you know i called her at fucking china taste so um eventually we stopped talking throughout that summer like we stopped hooking up and then just stopped talking then it was you know my birthday was august 2nd and uh, i go see slacker with vincent and I said, holy shit, I want to be a filmmaker. From that point forward, I spend the next uh, few weeks trying to figure out how to go to film school. I find this course at UCLA. It's a six-week kind of summer program thing before they go back into real session. So you go to UCLA and you do this like intensive six weeks uh, on hands film program. So I was like, you know what? I'm signing up for that. So I signed up for it, and I was showing a bit of ambition, which, to be fair, was something that Kim, our entire lives, was always urging me to show. Like, you know, if you look at the, the girl characters and clerks, if you look at the boy characters, Dante is me and Randall is more uh, 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 Brian Johnson. Uh, Kim is both uh, Veronica uh, and Caitlin, which means, yeah, the blowjob shit's on her as well. So... <laughs> But those numbers are way overestimated. Way overestimated. Yeah, way overestimated. So the, um, the, f the, f the fact that, like, I was... Shit, where was I going with this? I'm, I'm enrapt. I don't know. <laughs> and I was there. I know. UCLA. So I signed... Thank you. Well done. Signed up to go to this thing at UCLA. Kim calls me 100 feet from here. I'm working at the store one night. And uh, we hadn't spoken most of the summer. And I was like, oh, hello. And mind you, now I'm a new person in my head. I'm going to be a filmmaker. Um, I have discovered film the way that Columbus discovered America. <laughs> so Kim or calls. The yes. Kim calls and she goes, uh, she's upset. I said, what are you doing? She said, I had an argument with my brother. And she was telling me about it. And she's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm at the, the store. And I wrap up in like an hour and stuff. I could stop by if you want. And she was like, would you? And I was like, absolutely. And I was like, chill. If, she, if I hadn't seen Slacker and you called, I probably wouldn't have went because I was trying to be strong. But now I had something. I was like, all right, man, I fucking got film. So I'm not going to crumble and just be like, I miss you. So I can definitely go be there for her and not be there for me, so to speak. So I go to her house, which used to be on 8 Memorial Parkway. And we sit on the front lawn, <clears throat> right, you know, which is something we never did. Like literally on the berm on the on the hill. We normally we were on the porch. I don't think it was in it was front of my house, it was the house down the block. Next door. Why? Why'd we do that? Because it I don't know, because it had a hill. I think you just wanted to sit on a hill. He's very cinematic in yeah. his mind, always. It had to be the right scene. I, I should have like, known. I should have known from the day I met you. I was like, we need to be prone. Hold on. Freeze. He's like, maybe we should go. This would be a better set. <laughs> it's true. The shot's going to look better down here, kids. Um, wow, that's true. We didn't do it on your lawn. We did it two lawns over. Yeah. Um, I'm sure your neighbors are like, what the fuck yeah, who, are these what, kids what the doing? What the hell are they doing on my lawn? Why are they like? <laughs> she lives right there. Um, kids. On the lawn, Kim tells me about uh, her brother fight, which was like not even a fight. It was a fundamental argument about difference of opinion. It wasn't like a fucking fight. Or I don't even remember it. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was so nothing. Whole time, I mean, you know, I'm not to dismiss it, but it was, I don't want people thinking like they were beating the shit out of each other, <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Jersey style, like not at all. They're very nice to me. Very nice kids. But um, when Kim's done and um, she's like, so what have you been doing? 
And I was like, well, I saw this flick and it made me want to be a filmmaker. So I've signed up for school. Like I'm going to go to UCLA to take this course for like six weeks and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at right then and there, like, it, it, you know, as she said, like, he's always trying to make it like a movie. You could, you saw the fucking spark go back into her eyes. Suddenly I stopped being like, Kevin, my ex-boyfriend who didn't go to college and is sitting home and, like, whenever I'm home is trying desperately to marry me and shit, to, oh, my God, Kevin realized he could do a thing. And for whatever reason, she was like, do tell. And she became very, very interested. Now, mind you, this was like a week before she was going back to school. So then we wind up dating for that week, kind of quasi-dating because we didn't want to ruin it and shit, but then sent her back to Carnegie Mellon you know, um, going like, I'm applying to this uh, UCLA thing. It didn't wind up coming through, the UCLA thing. They wound up fucking disbanding it. They didn't get enough submissions and stuff. So Kim is in Carnegie Mellon, and I'm constantly training to Carnegie Mellon to see her, uh, which is like a fucking nine-hour train trek and shit. Never occurred to me to take a plane, like to look into what that might cost and shit. Now I live on fucking planes and shit. Like, but back then I was like, I better get on a train. That's the only way. <laughs> Nine hours to get late is a long fucking trip. So um, we would uh, hang out there. And while we were hanging out there, I was getting ready to go to film school. I'd been accepted to film school. And it was a scary thing for me because I didn't really ever leave my home. I'd particularly go as far as I was going to go. But she had gone very fucking far. She was always a role model. She always kind of went out there first. What kills me is every time you would call and you even somehow convinced Scott to do the same. He's like, what time is it out there? As if we were in a different time zone. I was only in <laughs> Pittsburgh. I was only in Pittsburgh. And he was always thinking we were like hours and like a thousand, like 1,500 miles apart. Anything that takes fucking nine hours to train to ought to be a different time zone. But apparently it was not. So... um I go to film school, like right before I go to film school, I go to Pittsburgh and hang out with you. So I got a video camera and I tape us. Like, and it's the most innocent shit. It's not even like hardcore, let's have sex. It's like me talking to her on camera about what the future is gonna be and shit. The least hot pornography you've ever seen <laughs> in your entire life, fully fucking clad. Two kids in their 20s with a fucking hotel room and a video camera. And they sit there being sentimental and nostalgic and shit. Like a couple Peanuts characters on the wall. Just so fucking. So I go to film school in uh, Canada in Vancouver. Um, I buckle about halfway through and come home. <laughs> and you're home at that point. Like in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, so I come home and Kim's already here. So thank God there's somebody to come home to. But at that point, I'm like, look, I have to make this movie, otherwise, like, I'm a loser, because then I, I dropped out of the school, like, at least if I dropped out of it, because I'm coming here to make a flick, so I'm definitely gonna make this flick. So that puts us into the Clerksian era. The Clerksian, what everything you, else was pre-Cimbrian. Yeah, it used to be a pre-Cimbrian era and a Cimbrian era. Then there was the, you know, BC and AD, before Clerks and after Dante. So. This is right in the kind of BC area. This is Clerks' building. What do you remember about that period? Um, well, I remember you being in Vancouver, first of all. Yeah. Many, mostly my phone bills remembered that. And it was a very expensive time. What, what, was, the, <laughs> what was I calling? Because it wasn't even like you would imagine, oh my God, he was calling and having phone sex. We didn't even do no. shit like that. No, no, no. No, so, it was just to talk. It was just to talk and talk. A lot of fucking talk, words. A lot of the words. But I, I loved it. I mean, obviously. Um, you're, you're easy to talk to. You are. Uh, but what I remember most was you lamenting that you felt like you were wasting your time out there. In, in, in Vancouver. Vancouver. And that you were going to come home and that you had this idea. And you didn't really tell me what the idea was, but that, that right? you're going to come like, home. I didn't, I didn't no, even, you kept it really close to the vest. Even with you. Yeah, even with me, uh, until I think you had it written. And then you let me read the script. But until you had it written, you didn't tell me what it was going to be about. I wonder if that's because like, I had started so many things and never finished that I didn't want to be like, oh, it's going to be this. And then I never finished it or something. I was like, I'm going to not curse it and wait until it's done. Maybe. It never occurred to me to ask. I just knew that you were doing it, and I trusted that you were, because I knew it was important to you. 
There was, uh, I've often told the story about one day, you know, Kim was uh, like a literary criticism. You were taking a course in literary. Literary criticism. and cultural studies is my, my major, yeah. And so the idea was, um, we were having this discussion and she was like, everything can be dissected. Everything has meaning. All art has meaning. And, you know, I was fucking just contrary and rebelling against everything in those days. So I was like, well, I don't think that's true. And she's like, well, give me an example of something that has no meaning. And I was like, well, I'm going to make something that has no meaning whatsoever. It's just a bunch of shit happens, and then that's that. And that's Clerks, which is one of the most meaningful films that I've ever made. But back then, I was it was partly born out of a desire. To prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, to prove my girlfriend wrong. What a dick move uh, that really panned out. Do you remember reading the script for the first time? I do. It was really long. 164 pages. Oh, my God, it was long. And I had no idea about like the the page to screen ratio, right? But I remember learning about it. I was like, that would have been like the J.R.R. Tolkien of Clerks films. Yeah. <laughs> if you had made that two hour and forty five minute. Oh my god! Slog. Where are the rings? Where are the hobbits? It would have felt like a whole shift working at Quick Stop at that point. <laughs> um, besides length, what do you uh, what do you recall? Nobody ever remembers me for length. What do you really recall? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going there, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I, I remember being shocked in the sense of, like, do I call him out on this? Like, so these guys are you, and these girls are me. I was like, both these fucking girls are me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? But... And, and then why did you make them do these things? <laughs> was there a sense Because that did not happen. That's but. true. Was there a sense of like, wait a second, you're borrowing aspects of me in our story, but you're having these characters who are playing versions of me act in ways that I had never did or ever would? Well, I mean, only the certain over-the-top things, but everything else was very familiar. I mean, the, the Veronica character being very supportive and and urgent you know I, I really want you to do this i really want you to do this for you which come on veronica it was you really wanted you to do that for you veronica <laughs> because so you wanted like to somebody say, went to fucking therapy yeah, between exactly, then and now exactly but you know it was very familiar like the the character choices the choices the characters made were very familiar because they felt like you were living in my mind and uh I remember being really impressed that you could take something because this is, see, let me just go back and go say ahead. that it wasn't that I said everything has meaning. I said subjectively everybody will bring to it what they want to see. Right. Right. I didn't hear that. Well, I know that you didn't hear that. <laughs> but of course, what I was bringing was my experience informing my takeaway from the script. But I felt like this is the one and only time I can say I was absolutely right about yes. that because like I think he would agree yeah and uh, but beyond that though um, what I had always said and what I've always believed is what is what sets something apart what sets a writer apart or any artist apart is their ability to take something that is personal mm. and make it universal like make it so relatable that anybody could see themselves in it and I felt very impressed that you did that even in that very first draft of clerks it was so personal like that i could note of you, knowing you as a person mm. but yet anybody could relate to it it was such like an every man's journey you know and i was really impressed like he did it i knew he could do this and he did it i was really excited the um the, the veronica is very much uh kim in jersey and Caitlin is very much Kevin's idea of Kim at college. Like, you know, where you can't see her every day, she must be fucking everybody. Um, and that's kind of where the, the nightmare version of, of Kim is, is Caitlin to a large degree. But also, like, he's torn between two women. I was not torn between two women in, in real life. Um, but, you know, that wouldn't make an interesting movie. Like, if the guy just had a college girlfriend who was like, you should go back to fucking school or whatever. So, you know, you make it a little bit more of a movie. Um, when you came to shoot it, um, do you remember the night that you came to shoot? Because you were still going to Carnegie Mellon. 
-hmm. and you were only home for like the weekend or something? Yeah, so actually, I went back to the archives. Did you? <laughs> to read about this. Kim journalized <laughs> like crazy. She wrote uh, every. Thank God I was fucking a good boy because she literally wrote everything down in a composition fucking notebook. She journalized her entire fucking life. So sometimes like we would have a day and then the next day you'd be reading her journal and she described fucking everything that had happened. So, and she kept volumes of them like Kevin Spacey in Seven. It was very terrifying. But <laughs> but also like really, really cool. How many do you have and when did you stop? To a degree, I still have a journal. Do you really? Mm -hmm. You just don't write it? I just don't write it every day, not nearly. And sometimes it's embarrassing because like months and or years will go by until I can move to like write something down. Add a passage. But uh, back then, so it was March of 93. Okay. Right? And it was my spring break. So a lot of people go to Florida or do something t like at a fun, sunny locale for their senior year, spring break. Not this girl. She went back to New Jersey to spend <laughs> a week of helping you with like your pre-production. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You had written the script and you wanted to rehearse and you were doing like pre-scouting locations. And I met Scott. And I can almost never forgive you for the way that you you dared me to meet Scott in the airport when we went to pick him up. Oh. You wanted, you dared me to just approach him and like come on to him or say something to him <laughs> in the airport. You don't remember this? No. I was like, really? Like, go hit on him. Yeah. You see said, just, just see how he reacts. And you were like off to the side to watch the reaction. Of course, poor Mosier was just like, who is this crazy lady? She's <laughs> like, hey, hey, big guy. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? You know, I, I don't even remember what I said. It was so awkward. And it then was we're so like, bad. ah, ha, ha. And, and then like, you're laughing and he was like, ah, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, poor Scott. I don't he's know. He's like, why just, did I fucking come here from Canada? Yeah, it was terrible. This is horrible, creepy. But uh, that's what we did. We picked him up. You guys were really in the thick of your pre-production. So pre you were there for pre-production? Yeah, and I mean, I really didn't do much but observe it because obviously I didn't know anything mm. from film, but I mean, that's what you were doing and that's how I spent my spring break, but it was actually when I shot my my part was for Easter. You were there on Easter as well? I had to find a way to come back home to do it. You and Betsy shoot. shot on the same day? I think so. Yeah, I was I was the overnight though. We were the overnight. That's right. She was outside during the day. Mm -hmm. Holy shit! All right, so it's Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about shooting it? <laughs> that it was very long. <laughs> was it a long shoot? Yeah. Well, you had just. It was probably one of the longest scenes that you have in the movie. If you think about it, it's one of the longest. Yeah, actually. And it was complicated for clerks because you had to set the camera, the one camera that you had, in like three different spots to get all the coverage oddly enough it is the one scene probably has the most coverage in the entire film because you know it starts with two people having a conversation then a third person then a fourth person and we had to figure out how to accommodate that because we just you know didn't figure like oh we can do this we do this we just all right let's pull it back well now we include this guy as well it was complicated i guess it did take kind of a minute and the eye lines are like all over the place, yeah. particularly Brian's. When you cut to the other side of the counter, Dante is like, I look at that scene, I'm like, he's not looking at any of these fucking people. But <laughs> somehow it fucking works. Well, I mean, to be fair, I was like a foot shorter than Ernie, so. <laughs> yes, he did have you on hype. Boy, we learned a lot of stuff, didn't we, man? That Kim stuff is compelling. Let's come back next week and hear the rest, shall we? We'll put a pin in it right here. And when we come back next week, Clerks 2, Episode 2, Part 2. 222 is going to be happening. Uh, that's Smodcast for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. Have a week. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.